Well, good morning, everybody. It is a rigid Sunday morning in the Delaware Valley. I'm Glenn Macnow with my pal Ray Didinger. Ray, I always got to uh, like to start with the Ray Didinger commuting report. <laughs> you uh, walk over from Rittenhouse Square over to Mark 24th and Market. Mm-hmm. How was the trip? Uh, <laughs> you know, people weren't exactly uh, all that scrupulous about cleaning the sidewalks. <laughs> Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was sort of hit and miss. I mean, a few areas were cleared and some areas weren't. And overnight, obviously, a lot of that stuff froze. So yeah. you had to watch your step, basically. Nasty. But, uh, you know, well, bright blue skies, I'll say that. Yeah. And not not a whole lot of wind, but it's uh, it's chilly. But the yeah. weather forecast says we're going to be in the 50s by Wednesday. So just ride it out. There you go. That'll be fun when it all melts. Uh, but whatever. We live in this climate. We we accept it. We don't complain about it. All right, Ray. Um, so I want to start with this. Well, we, we got off at 1 o'clock yesterday, and there was really not much news. I was looking forward to watching both of our winter teams taking on a California team named the Kings. Mm-hmm. I predicted 1-1. One and one. Hey, Ray, 2-0. and oh, Flyers a, first a sweep. win of 2022. Yeah. Uh, Sixers play poorly but win. And anyway, around 3 o'clock, uh, I happen to turn on Ricky Ricardo on 94WIP, and he's talking about Tom Brady's place in history. And I'm, I I have to be honest, I think the, Ricky's, Ricky's got to f- find some more relevant material to open his show. Brady got knocked out of the playoffs, so, you know, a week ago, what, what's going on here? Except it quickly becomes clear that Mr. Ricardo is talking about Brady retiring. So... Before we get into the details of this, Ray, um, of of Brady and all of the things I want to ask you about that, here here's what transpired yesterday. ESPN, um, citing anonymous sources, reported that Brady at age 44 is finally going to call it quits after that incredible 22-year career. Um, and then a couple of tweets by the NFL seem to confirm the news. And then an hour or two later, Brady's agent, a guy named Donald Yee, would neither confirm nor deny the report. Uh, his quote, Ray, without getting into the accuracy or inaccuracy of what's being reported, Tom will be the only person to express his plans with complete accuracy. A lot of accuracy in that statement, right? He knows the realities of the football business and planning calendar as well as anybody, so that should be soon. All right, well, what do you infer from Mr. Yee's statement? Uh, that uh, they are not prepared to announce it, but they're not denying it. So, I mean, that's yeah, that's me, me as well. I mean, it seemed to me like he's saying, "Hold your horses," but this is likely to happen. Right. That, that's okay. So, I then, mean, my my take on it is that you know Brady and I felt that way at the end of the game. I felt that way seeing his press conference that day and then hearing the interview he did the next day. I I kind of thought he's he's getting ready to retire. It just it just had that feel to me, mm-hmm. and I think he probably said that to someone in his sort of circle of friends. Yeah, I'm done. This is it. And that person, you know, le- you know, picked up the phone and called Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport, or somehow it got out. And and I don't think Brady intended it to be that way. I think he impl- I think his intention, which I fully understand, was to do this on his own terms. You know, mm-hmm. call a press conference and announce that he's retiring. The fact that somebody, he sort of told somebody the truth, expecting them to keep it in confidence, and as these things often do, it got out. So now they're trying to kind of get control of the, 
get control of the message here, but I don't think it changes the bottom line, which is I think he's played his last game. So as yesterday afternoon unfolds, the confusion continues to build, and Brady's company, TB12 Sports, uh, posts a congratulatory tweet on the end of his career and then deletes it. Uh, Other reports say that uh, Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers' leadership, has not been told of any decision. Um, And then the Associated uh, Press reports that Brady told the Bucs he hasn't made up his mind. Uh, A TV station out in San Francisco where Brady's parents live uh, reports that Brady's father strenuously denied, strenuously objected, Ray, Mm -hmm. to uh, reports of his son's retirement. So I think what you said is correct. We don't know, but... But maybe, right? That's what you. Uh, I'm sorry, we don't know, but probably. Yes, right? that's that's okay. That's what I think too. Although you know what's the thing with Brady is like he's the kind of guy who would get so steamed by this kind of thing happening. It's like, all right, well, I'm just going to play one more year and win one more Super Bowl to show you, right? Because his whole career has been about you know it's 199th pick of the draft, eternal chip on his shoulder, and he makes it work for him. Yeah, and that's believe me when I tell you that is a very real thing with him. I mean, that's, you know, people have told that story and rewritten that story about many times about, oh, yeah, he's still mad about being, I can, it is true. I mean, that's just not, that's just not people telling the story. I mean, that's, that is really what has driven him to a large degree uh, to become what he's become, which is the greatest quarterback in the NFL, is, is his feeling that he was overlooked, he was underrated, he was written off, and it's his whole career has been an I'll show you. And so, he, yeah, he's capable of anything, yeah. but my feeling is um, that this is it. You know, he felt like he kind of made his point. He left New England, went to Tampa, wins a, not only gets what wins the Super Bowl, yep. uh, and then comes back this year, and although he doesn't win the Super Bowl, um, he has one of his greatest seasons. I mean, he led, the, he led the NFL this year in passing yardage and touchdown passes. So yeah. um, at the age of 44, there really aren't, many more mountains he can climb. And so I, I get the feeling that he's, that he's ready to call it quits. He just didn't want it to kind of leak out the way it did. Understandable. So if this is the case, uh, this would be the most significant sports retirement since Michael Jordan, although Michael Jordan took him, took him several, several attempts to get there, but this would be, right? I mean, this is um, a huge deal. And, and I guess... I guess what I want you to do is spend a couple of minutes um, putting his career in perspective for, uh, well, for everybody, but particularly for people in our audience who maybe don't remember life before Tom Brady, right? Right. He's played 22 years. I, I would think a good part of our audience never recalls the league without Tom Brady. And those who have been around a while, um, you know, what is, what is his legacy? Uh, I think his legacy is that of the greatest quarterback ever to play, and I um, and I was a um, I was always a staunch uh, believer that Joe Mont in the in the quote unquote modern era of football. Mm-hmm. I'm not again. I'm sort of leaving out Otto Graham, Johnny Unitas, and those guys who I really think played in the past and really were playing a different game, different sport. Sure. Yeah, uh, it it really was. The game is. I mean, they didn't just. They didn't just change the game. They kind of almost invented a new game in the late 70s into the 80s with the West Coast offense and the new rules and such. So from that point forward, I, I was always a Joe Montana guy. You know, I thought that he was, I thought he was number one, and I didn't know that I'd ever see anybody come along that was better. Um, and I held to that for a long time. <laughs> but it just, it just reached a point 
with with Brady uh, just year after year after year that uh, incredible level of excellence and uh, uh, and his ability to play not just play into his 40s, which is rare enough, but to play into his 40s and still be one of the very best players at his position. And that's and, that's and, an incredible thing. And indeed an MVP in his 40s. Yeah. Uh, that That's when I said, you know what, as much as I love Joe Montana, and he will always be great. I mean, this doesn't diminish what he accomplished even a little bit. But Brady's the best. And there's just, if, if you deny that, if you're trying to deny that, then you're just, there's something about him you don't like. You know, you're jealous of his, you're jealous of his wife, you're jealous of his wealth. You're jealous of the fact that well, can uh, I do both of those things and yet still say he's the greatest? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I think he's you know, and and the the only yeah, he's got a pretty wife and a lot of money, so you know. Yeah, and he's you know, and he's really good looking, and he's got he's got everything. You know, yeah, but he's, he's, he's never he's, eaten a strawberry, and I enjoy strawberries. Yeah, so yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah, I mean, if, and listen, he's been a wonderful endorsement for avocado ice cream. You know, I mean, yeah. there's never been a better advertisement for the. For the By recuperative the way, powers of avocado ice cream. Have you ever had avocado ice cream? No. It's actually pretty good. Is that right? Yeah, there's a place in Kenneth Square. It's a, it's like a Mexican thing. And um, when I was doing, I know we're getting off base, but so what? We have a couple hours. Uh, when I was doing the taco hunt a couple of years ago, remember you judged the uh, taco thing? Mm-hmm. I went out to Kenneth Square and there was this place that had these incredible tacos. It was just like too small to compete in our thing because they couldn't, you know, make 300 tacos. But it was great. And they had avocado ice cream, and I thought, I'll try this, and it actually was really delicious. Anyway, <laughs> that aside, I think you're right. And I think I mean, the, you, you know, I think, well, you and I were talking about this before, and you know, I think the argument about greatest quarterback, I think he's answered that you know, pretty clearly. The only question then remains is, is he the greatest football player? All right, before you throw that out, because I do want to have that debate with you, but I, I just want to throw in a couple numbers to buttress what you're saying. 22 seasons with the Pats and the Bucks, reach the Super Bowl. Ten times and won seven. Right. Uh, Montana and Terry Bradshaw, who are next, won four. Um, I mean, that's that's. It, it's he's almost doubled what anybody else has won. Right. Um, he owns every career record there is to hold. No quarterback ever started as many games, won as many games, passed for as many yards, passed for as many touchdowns. He has started more playoff games than any quarterback ever. I mean, he, he has every record there is, um, both in terms of statistics and in terms of winning. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So then the question is, is he the greatest player ever? And the debate usually comes down to th- three people. And I'll just I'll throw it in and let you kind of parse it. Um, if you want to go defense, you would say it's Lawrence Taylor. And if you want to go offense or just overall, you would say it's Jim Brown. Of course, Jim Brown played nine seasons, Ray. Yes, and Tom Brady played twenty-two. Right. So you tell me. Uh, well, it's similar to the similar to what I was saying about Montana. I was always I was a Montana guy. Who was the greatest quarterback, and Jim Brown was the greatest player. I mean, and I was pretty firm on both of those positions. And I really never thought that anybody would come along and challenge those two. To be honest with you. Um, but then at, at a point a few years ago, I finally had to give it up at the quarterback and I kind of had to say, you know, I love you, Joe, but <laughs> Tom Brady's number one. Then there became the question about, okay, now when does he pass? When does he pass the big man? You know, when does he, when does he, can he, and when he, when will he pass Jim Brown? Um, and I think he did, you know, I, I always said that, um, and I had the, I had the great good fortune of being, being, old enough that I actually saw Jim Brown's career. Uh, I actually saw those years from when he came into the NFL in 1957 
and played really just nine years. Uh, but I saw this guy play. Uh, and I've never seen – I had never seen anyone as dominant uh, on the football field as he was. I mean, he was – you know, Bill Parcell said it, and I think he put, said it very well. He was a, he was a before-his-time kind of player, which he really was. I mean, he was – in the year in which he played, there was, nothing, there was nothing like him. I mean, no one had ever seen anything like him with his combination of size and speed and power – vision and his running ability i mean he was just another whole breed of cat entirely and out of those nine years that he played just incredible dominance of those nine years he led the league in rushing eight times you know never missed a game averaged over 100 yards rushing per game for his career um just amazing just absolutely amazing and i always said as regardless of position best player jim brown hands down but you look at what brady has done uh, and you look at how almost Gretzky-like his numbers are that he's done, mm-hmm. and his ability to play into his 40s and not just be a hanger-on kind of 40, but a guy who's still dominant his position in his 40s, competing for MVPs in his 40s, throwing more touchdown passes than anybody else at the age of 44. I mean, all of this stuff, I just finally had to say, you know, it, again, it doesn't diminish Jim Brown's greatness, but you have to admit that what Brady has done is unprecedented. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, you know, in my view, he's the greatest quarterback of the modern era, clearly. And it took me a little while to reach this point, but I'm willing to say I think he's the greatest player that's ever played. Yeah, you know what? I mean, to me, it's an analogy, and you may dismiss it, but to me, it's, it's like the Wilt-Michael Jordan analogy. Wilt was the stunningly dominant player of his era, and then... Jordan, all those years later, came in and in many ways redefined the game. Um, so that's all great, Ray. Um, but for us, Ray, all everything that we have just said, all the records and all the Super Bowls and so on, for me with Tom Brady, it will always be this moment. Boy, if the Eagles can come up with their one turnover of the game right here, that would be ceiling. Brady back again. He steps up, he's hit. And falls forward, he and he fumbles the football, and the Eagles have it. It is recovered by yeah, it is unrecovered by Barnett. Barnett, Barnett, Brady fumbles, and Barnett has the ball. They finally the hit Brady. <laughs> well, the game wasn't quite over, but you know, we they won, and Ray, that moment, that game washed away so many decades of frustration and bad memories for every Eagles fan, for you longer than for for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's the thing. I can't even remember a play that Brady made in Super Bowl uh, 39. I I remember Corey Dillon having his way. I I mean, I I guess I remember a touchdown pass to Mike Vrabel, of all people. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that Deion Branch had a day. Um, but mostly, I remember that Super Bowl Thirty Nine for for Donovan having three interceptions and Andy not playing a hurry up, and I remember uh, To's huge game uh, and Westbrook not getting any room to run. That the Eagles beat Brady. That they didn't just win a Super Bowl in in uh, in fifty two Super Bowl fifty two, but they won it. In maybe the, one of the greatest games Brady ever played. Right, 500 yards. Yeah. Brady was fantastic, and they beat him. I know they beat the defense, but they beat him. And, and Ray, that is why, to me, 
I know I'm changing the topic, but this is where it goes to me. Well, that's perfectly fine. It is why Nick Foles and Doug Peterson will just always be heroes because that that guy that we just talked about, and I agree with everything you said, he's the greatest player in the history of the game, and his numbers are phenomenal, and his dominance, and his motivation, and all that stuff. And you know what? The Eagles beat him in what will be, uh, for most people in Philadelphia, the greatest moment of our sports fandom. Yeah, and and beat him when he was at his best. You know, it isn't like you beat him on a day when you know when he had a bad day, when he threw right. three interceptions or was off his game. Or, you know, I mean, when the Giants beat Brady in, in the, the at the in the perfect season, their run for the perfect season. I mean, Brady did not have a good game in it. Did yeah, not have sure. a good day. I mean, right. and and give, give credit to the Giants' defense because they created a lot of yeah, that with their, with their, rush with their pass rush. Uh, but you know, Brady was was way off his game that day, and. But Brady was Brady was cooking that day against the Eagles. I mean, 505 yards, pretty much doing whatever he wanted to do, throwing the ball. Uh, and Nick Foles, bless his heart, he went toe to toe with him uh, yeah. for four quarters. And then at the end, when and boy, you know, hats off to Merrill. I mean, I've heard that call so many times. But you talk about uh, just ca- calling the moment. You know, so yeah. right before the ball snapped, boy, if the Eagles could get a turnover here, uh, and that's when it happened. And you know, that turns out to be. You know the defensive play of the game, and but it's a day when, you know, Brady was magnificent, but the Eagles and Nick Foles were better, and that's what made, I think that's what made it so satisfying. And it's still, it is still the most prolific offensive game in the history of professional football. Yep. So the, the combined yardage of the two teams over eleven over eleven hundred yards was the biggest offensive performance in any NFL game ever, regular season, postseason, preseason doesn't matter. And biggest we'll- offensive game of all time. And, you know, Tom Brady was Tom Brady at his best, but the Eagles were better that day. And one of the most exciting games ever. Um, you know, I mean, like last week's Buffalo-Kansas City game was just a thrill a minute. By the way, our producer, Moshe Kravitz, just sent me this, this amazing statistic. Tom Brady has 35 playoff wins to him, you know, by, in his career. Uh, in terms of franchises, the Patriots have 37. Well, 30-whatever of those are his. The Packers have 36. The Packers are the only team that has more, other than the Patriots, but the Patriots are him. The Packers are the only team that has more playoff wins as a franchise than Brady does as an individual. Isn't that amazing? The Niners and, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Packers and the Steelers both have 36. Pardon me. Packers and Steelers have 36. The Niners and Cowboys have 35. Brady has as much as every team except for those. I thought that, Um, uh, yeah, one of the, I I may have mentioned this, before, and if I did, I apologize for repeating it, but I think it bears repeating in this context. But um, Tom Brady threw, has threw more touchdown passes in his 40s than Troy Aikman did in his entire career. Yeah, yeah. well, you mentioned a couple weeks ago. It's, I mean, you think about repeating. that. It's I incredible. mean, Troy Aikman's yeah. a great player who's in the Hall of Fame, yeah, and Brady threw more touchdown passes than he did after the age of 40. Can they get Brady like a separate... Hall of Fame bust for each of his decades? Oh, my. Yeah, okay. And listen, again, I can be magnanimous with him because he's retiring. I just, you know, I've rooted against him for so long, so, so long. And it just, it allows, the Eagles winning that 52 allows me to smile when I think about all this as opposed to, yeah, and he beat us too. The the irony (laughs) of it is the one that they won in 39, the Patriots beat him. As I recall, he was okay that day. He wasn't special that day. He was okay. Uh, they were all, the Patriots did not play their A game that day. No, 
No. I mean, they were they played they actually played poorly in the first half. Yeah. The Eagles really had them off balance Every in the first half. What was it 7 to 7 at the half? Oh, uh, it was a tie game. It was the first it was yeah. the first Super Bowl that was tied at halftime. Yeah. Uh, but in the second half, I, I give them credit. I mean, they adjusted, and the yeah, second yeah. half really became a screen pass and check down game. Corey Dillon. Yeah, you know, they just they just sort of you know took the Eagles blitz and made it work against them, and they started throwing short passes. So there was nothing spectacular that Brady did there for sure. That's why he wasn't the MVP. Yeah. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Um. One more thing before we get to the break, and we'd love to take your calls. We, Ray and I are just on until twelve today. We're getting preempted by um, the, the show. A different show, not us. So we're on till noon, uh, and we got a lot of ground to cover. But we will certainly try to work in some calls. W- with Brady retiring, um, and I'm, I, I'm sure Rogers is is going to continue to play. There's been rumors he may retire. He's not going to retire. He's going to continue playing. Listen, he had a great year. Not so much in the playoffs, but he had a he could be MVP this year. Yeah, I, I, I think he will be, and I, I agree with you. I think I felt that when it ended, I felt Brady had played his last game, but I definitely felt like Rogers was going to go on. But to me, the story in the NFL right now, and it's a really good story for the NFL, is they are not short on phenomenal young quarterbacks. Yep. With Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Today we get to watch Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is in a you know a bad situation in Jacksonville, but he certainly has a lot of promise. Uh, anybody you would else you'd put on that list? Uh, those are the big ones, I would okay. say. And there were some guys who were rookies this year. We'll see what Fields does. I would I would certainly say Justin Herbert. Okay, Herbert. Yeah, I, th- okay. I, I think he's I think yep. he's going to be a real special player. But the okay. but, but your point is that there are a lot of really good young quarterbacks coming coming uh, onto the stage, and I think it's a great thing for the league. And by the way, I think every name we just mentioned is in the AFC. Yeah, which really shows you that that conference. You know, you never know how circumstances work out. But that conference could really be the dominant conference moving ahead. Well, you never know. I mean, everybody. Right, you never know. That's in true. In 83, the, the, the great, you know, what people still refer to as the great quarterback class that came out. Ooh, well, let me see if I can do this, okay? Uh-huh. Elway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marino was at the end, but Marino those, and Kelly were three Halls of Famers, all in the AFC. Correct. Uh, the Jets took uh, O'Brien. Yep. Who turned out to be okay, obviously not special. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs took that Penn State quarterback. What was his name? Todd Blackledge. Todd Blackledge, who didn't have a career. Uh, was that it? Was it five? No, there's one more. One more. Who, who took his team to a Super Bowl? Uh, Went to New England. It? Oh, um, Eason. Tony Eason. Yeah. So yeah. there were six quarterbacks. All came out. Wow. All pr- went pretty much all, all AFC. And, and all went to the NFC. I'm sorry. AFC. All went to the AFC. Yeah. And totally changed the character of the AFC. Right. The AFC became an all-passing league because all those young quarterbacks went over there, and you know what happened? The NFC killed them in every Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. The NF- that's the N- true. The NF- Elway was losing all those early ones, and Marino lost his, and yep. Kelly lost four. That's true. The, that's NF- true. the NFC, the, it was really, it's one of the most interesting chapters of football history was that all those quarterbacks went to one conference, purely by coincidence, but they all went to one conference. Most went and, to the, one, four of them went to the same division. And by all of those quarterbacks, all those great quarterbacks going to the AFC at one time, they totally changed the offensive scheme of the AFC. It totally became an all-passing, all-pass defense league. And the NFC just stuck with the old smash-mouth style of football, you know, the Hogs and Parcells and the Giants and all that. And everything worked fine until the Super Bowl. 
and then the best of the NFC played the best of the AFC, and the NFC team just squashed them. So is this a, uh, Ray, didn't you run the ball lecture? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to come <laughs> right out and say that, but I thought it, I thought it sort of validated the point. <laughs> it was very subtle, Ray, very subtle. Uh, okay, I'm going to ask you a trivia question going into the break. You have the break to think about it, and one thing I know is that you're not going to cheat and look on the Internet because... I don't know how. Right. Exactly. This is not about morality. This is about capabilities. Um, with Brady uh, retire, well, presumably, if if Brady retires, and Ben Roethlisberger, who will turn forty in March, uh, announcing his retirement last week, who is the oldest quarterback in the NFL? You got a couple of minutes to think about that. Mm, okay. Coming up, we're going to talk uh, some Sixers and Flyers who both won yesterday. What's the last time we could say that, Ray? 1998? Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Might be. Uh, and we'll certainly want to take your calls. We're going to get into the playoff games later today. We're going to get into a uh, kerfuffle um, uh, out on the West Coast the other day that Jeff Garcia had, and I want Ray's opinion on that. And as I said, we want to talk to you. 215 592 Ray Dittinger, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP.